The following program is paid for by Absolute Mortgage, a division of Finance of America Mortgage, LLC, Equal Housing Lender, NMLS 1071, AZBK 0910184. Tina Mitchell, MLO 145420, is a licensed loan originator with Absolute Mortgage. Visit absoluteloans.com or call 888-90-HOMES for cost information. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, sponsored by Absolute Mortgage, a division of Finance of America Mortgage. Now in the studio, local mortgage and finance expert, Tina Mitchell. Welcome to The Money Hour at 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, May 7th show. I'm your host and mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell. I'm here to help you build a strong financial blueprint one week and one show at a time. If you're hearing my show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast, but I'm here to answer any questions or connect you with the guests that I have on show. You can call the show at 1-855-411-50. Again, that's 1-855-411-50 or online at themoneyhour.com. And the lineup for our show today, Robert Chris with Amada Senior Care. Long-term care is a hot topic, and how are you planning for it? My second guest in studio, Dan Edwards, owner of the Eastside Real Estate Team. How do you find the best real estate broker to represent you in a real estate transaction. That's what we're going to be covering with Dan today. And last guest in studio, Tori Toth with Tori Toth International. How do you get top dollar when selling your home? Well, staging. Staging is about illusions. Your home looks bigger, brighter, and better. So great information, great guests, as always, right here in studio. Excited to have you in, uh, joining the show. And for more information or to speak with the guest on the content that we're covering today, please call the show at one 855 Again, that's one 411150 or online at com. And we're going to start the show today, as always, with a little money chat. Money. Money. So today I want to talk about a low appraisal value solution. Now I brought in in Money Chat before what's happening in the market with the lack of inventory and homes available on the market. We're seeing home increase values very quickly, which means it's making it a little challenging for our appraisers to be able to come up and support that value without the comparables. So getting a little creative sometimes is a way to keep a deal together. And what I know what's happening a lot of the times is people don't know what their options are. And without the solutions to solve the problem, things can fall apart when not necessarily they had to. So I want to go through just, I want to go over one solution here. So a buyer and seller agree on a purchase price, and let's just say the purchase price is 600000 but the appraised value comes in low, it comes in at five fifty. So we've got a $50,000 low appraised value. Now the lender's only going to lend on the appraised value or the price, the lesser of the two. So they're going to lend on the 550000 Now in this example, the buyer was planning on coming in with a 20% down payment, magic number, keeping an LTV at 80%. So that way you avoid paying private mortgage insurance, or you may hear reference to as PMI. Now this leaves the buyer short $40,000 to keep the mortgage at 80% avoiding the PMI if the appraised value came in at 550. Again, we're taking 80% of that $550,000 value on the home. So the seller has the option to lower the price of 50 grand to meet that appraised value. 
not likely that's going to happen in that market. There's a lot of buyers that want that home, and there's some cash buyers out there that would buy the home. doesn't matter if the appraised value came in low, or you have somebody that's willing, a buyer that's willing to come in and pay the difference. So that most likely is not an option. Now, a buyer could come in with an additional $40,000 in the down payment, to keep it at that 80% loan to value to avoid paying the private mortgage insurance. Or this is the creativity or a solution that you may not even think of if your mortgage consultant isn't looking for solutions to fix the issue. So how can the buyer avoid paying monthly mortgage insurance without having to come in with the additional $40,000 in down payment? You've heard me talk about this on the show before. It's a single premium or what I like to call a buyout, a buyout of mortgage insurance. So you're paying an upfront fee at closing or you're just financing it into the loan to avoid paying that monthly private mortgage insurance. So the buyer can go ahead and, and come in with the same down payment, keep put the loan to value at 87%, again, keeping the same down payment they were that they were planning on coming in with. So instead of the buyer coming in with that additional $40,000 down payment, the seller or the seller having to drop the price by 50000 because of the low appraised value, you can go back to the negotiating table and ask the seller to pay for a small cost to buy out the mortgage insurance of $9,000. Now, if the seller is not willing to do that, you as the buyer could come in with $9,000. That's a lot less than $40,000. Or you could actually just finance that $9,000 into your mortgage payment. Every $1,000 is only 5 bucks a month in the payment. So this is a really creative solution to avoid this challenge that's came up. So again, knowing what your options are to keep a transaction together is important because I know there's a lot of uh, stress, that's, stress that's coming in with these low praised values and people don't know that there's options that aren't as bad as it may seem. So always, if you have any questions, uh, my arena is mortgage. That's what I do uh, as my full time when I'm not here visiting you uh, on on air. You can call the show at one 855 Again, one 855 This is just one solution to a low appraised value. There are a lot of different scenarios. There are a lot of different solutions and strategies. So uh, again, just understanding what those are. Coming up next on The Money, our life expectancy is going up in most countries, meaning more and more people are living longer and entering an age when they may need care. Are you protected and do you have a plan? Robert Christensen with Amada Senior Care right here at 1150 AM KKNW after the short break. They'll challenge your authority. They'll try to break your will. They'll push you to the edge of your sanity. Because that's what kids do. But this car is your territory, not theirs. Defend it. Who makes the payments? Who cleans it? Who drives it? You do. That's who. And in here, your word is law. So when you say you won't move until everyone's buckled up, you won't budge an inch until you hear that click. Never give up until they buckle up. A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. For more information, visit safercar.gov slash kidsbuckleup. Would it be crazy if you just stopped everything? 
packed your bags and left. For a week, a month, a year. What if you left for two years? Would people think you'd lost your mind? What if you were going far away to help in a village on the edge of the Gobi Desert? A village crowded with Buddhist temples, not skyscrapers. A place where there isn't a word for recluse, but a thousand words for community. Would it be crazy to go 5,000 miles from home? To spend time with people the rest of the world only reads about? To build libraries and fill them with stories? Prepare a meal with food you helped grow? To teach children and learn a thing or two about yourself? Would that be crazy? Peace Corps. Life is calling. How far will you go? To find out more, call 1-800-424-8580 or visit peacecorps.gov. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell. Sponsored by Absolute Mortgage, a division of Pinnacle Capital Mortgage Corporation. Now, in the studio, local mortgage and finance expert, Tina Mitchell. Welcome back to The Money Hour with your host and mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell, right here at 1150 AM, KKNW, the Saturday, May 7th show. I bring into studio each week the best of the best experts in our local market on everything regarding your money. I'm here to help you in today's economy. If you're hearing my show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast, but you can always call the show at 1-855-411-50 or online at themoneyhour.com. Again, that's 1-855-411-50 or themoneyhour.com. And in studio right now, Robert Christensen with Amada Senior Care. No matter what you're doing, no matter what you do for living and where you are in life, there's always an opportunity to better protect your loved ones. And long-term care insurance is what we're going to talk about today. Robert, welcome back in studio again. Thanks. Thanks for having me, Tina. And a little bit about uh, Robert. Amada Senior Care, owner and locations in Tacoma, Bellevue, Vancouver, Portland, and Salem, Oregon. Uh, Amada Senior Care provides home care, home health, and placement services. Robert has over 20 years working in healthcare field. Uh, Amada Senior Care educates seniors and their families about what resources are available for them as they age and need care. Amada Senior Care has ex- expertise in working with seniors that have long-term care insurance and educates families about the care options both in home and community. Amada Senior Care is committed to providing the highest level of care in home or find the most appropriate place of care in the community. Um, They help families find the best assisted living facility, memory care unit, adult family home, or other facilities to provide care when home is no longer an option. So again, we're talking about uh, term care insurance policy to pay and how to pay for that. So, so what services does Amada Senior Care provide? Can you go into more detail, Robert? Well, Tina, first thing we would like to do is sit down with the family and get an idea of what are the exact care needs that the family is facing right mm-hmm. now in this point. A lot of times they're either in a hospital or in a rehab center or at home and, and know that, that uh, they need some additional care. So We'll review with them what financial assets they have to pay for the care and then talk about uh, care in the home. And predominantly, as we age, as, as our parents age, their goal is to stay in the home as long as they can. And mm-hmm. so our our bread and butter, if you will, of what we do is we provide caregivers that are licensed and uh, um, trained. We actually have our own training school 
that trains caregivers and certifies them. And so we'll provide care in the home for as long as possible. And when that's not an option anymore, then we'll help educate them about what's in the community and help identify the most appropriate place for them for both care and the resources that they have to pay for that care. Perfect. So could you share with my listeners, Robert, the difference between long-term care insurance versus Medicare? Sure. Um, you know, when we turn 65, you know, we're eligible for Medicare benefits. And, mm-hmm. and uh, a lot of people think that Medicare is going to be for them and going to pay for all their care needs as they age. And they find out that they actually need to purchase some supplemental insurance or an Advantage plan to augment their their what Medicare will pay for. And so Medicare pays for all the medical care that they're going to need uh, as they age. And okay. they go to the doctor and the hospitals. Long-term care insurance is more for the non-medical care. So as we age, as as seniors age, as we all age, um, we lose function with the ability to help getting dressed and bathed Mm -hmm. and getting in and out of bed. And long-term care insurance has triggers that when we lose that function with those ADLs, it kicks in and helps seniors remain in their home as long as they possibly can. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Um, How does the policyholder know when they should access their long-term care insurance benefits? You know, th- there are six triggers that are in active th- that are in long-term care insurance policies. Okay, what and, are those six? Um, bathing, dressing, transferring, toileting, incontinence care, and feeding, which is the act of putting food in your mouth, not making meals, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and a cognitive impairment. Those are the those are the triggers that trigger the benefits that will pay for the care. There are other benefits, which are called IADLs, or Instrumental Activities of Daily Living. Uh And that's what most seniors are thinking about when they buy these policies. And that's helping with housekeeping and laundry and linens and taking them to the doctor's appointments. And and so a lot of people call their their broker, their insurance agent, or or they will call us and say, hey, I need help with these IADLs. Yes. And... um, and they think that that, they're, 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 that all this is going to be paid for. And a lot of times they'll activate their benefits, and that's all they need help with, and they get frustrated when the insurance company doesn't pay for them. So it's important to know that there's a difference between those six primary activities of daily living that we talked about, uh-huh. bathing, dressing, transferring, because you need at least two of those. And once you've been certified by a healthcare professional, a nurse, or a social worker, or your doctor, then the policy will pay for the care and those IADLs. But you need the you need to be certified with those at least two of the activities of daily living first. Got it. So does long-term care insurance only pay for care when they're in the nursing home? And and no, because so you can explain that to my listeners because they it's keeping them in their house, correct? Sure. Now you know when when these policies were sold decades ago. And what people, you know, what seniors are most afraid of is that they're going to end up in a nursing home. Mm-hmm. And, and the cost of nurse, a nursing home today is about $300 a day for a single room. And so when people purchase these policies, you know, the home health care wasn't as robust as it is today. The assisted living facilities weren't out there. Adult family homes were new. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of people bought these policies to cover the cost of care when they're in a nursing home. And so in their minds, they're thinking that I got this so in case I'm stuck in a nursing home that this will pay for some of that care. And uh, so a lot of seniors have these policies, and they actually are eligible to utilize them in their home. Uh-huh. But they, were, they when they purchased them, they were thinking, this is for when I go into the nursing home. So they're not taking advantage of the, the insurance that they have because they don't understand their policy. Correct, correct. Okay. So what are some issues that seniors should be aware of when they're filing for th- their insurance claim? Well, I think the, the, the most important thing we kind of talked a little bit about is the difference between activities of daily living, uh-huh. which are the bathing and dressing and transferring and toileting. 
Those are the uh, those are the triggers that activate a policy, and usually you need at least two of those. Mm-hmm. And then there's the IEDLs that we talked about. Yep. And so you know when you're looking when it comes to a day when you're having issues with, if you've had a lot of falls recently or you're afraid to take a bath uh, alone and you need to have somebody next you know in the room or in the mm-hmm. house, and if you find you're not getting dressed and and, and, and when you know as, as you go visit your mom or your dad and and they're always in their pajamas, you know there's a good chance mm-hmm. that they're probably struggling with some of those activities of daily living. And so uh, you need to know that when you're filing a, a claim to pay for care, that you're working with an expert that understands that if you have a long-term care insurance, there's certain language that you need to f- fill out when you're filling out the paperwork. Mm-hmm. And also that there's certain certifications that need to be done. And uh, so make sure you're working with a, a healthcare company that understands long-term care insurance and, and can help you file the paperwork and also can be your advocate um, in the event that uh, you file the paperwork and uh, the claim goes south on it at any point. Got it. So options. Um, what options do seniors have if a claim is denied? You know, these policies are reimbursement policies, and typically mm-hmm. what happens is a, a senior uh, hires a, a private caregiver or an agency, and they come in, they provide outstanding, excellent care, but they didn't know that there's really tedious notes that need to be taken by the caregiver. Uh-huh. And uh, they, they send in the paperwork, and it gets denied, um, and they get a partial reason why, and, and they get frustrated. And what happens a lot of times is uh, families will cancel these policies and just get completely frustrated. Or, or they will, they'll, they'll not appeal them and not question the insurance company, and they'll just continue to pay privately. Okay. And so it's important to know that when a policy is denied, you have the right, and the insurance company should let you know that you have a right to, to appeal their decision. Mm-hmm. And if that appeal is denied, you have a right for a secondary appeal. And if that appeal is denied, you have a right for an independent review, which is a third-party uh, company that will review all the documentation um, and and look at whether or not the insurance company was only looking out for their own interest uh-huh. or if the um, if the policyholder is due the benefits that have been provided. So I would assume, Robert, that just like any other um, uh, loan or insurance or any uh, service that we have, you're going to have ones that provide a better coverage than other ones. Correct. Correct. Some policies will only pay for care in the home. Uh Um, And usually those policies have a little bit lower premium. Um, and other policies may only pay for care in a, in a nursing home. Uh-huh. Other policies may be what they call comprehensive policies that will pay for care in an assisted living facility. It'll pay for care in a nursing home. It'll pay for care at home. So you, every policy is completely different. And it's important to know what is in your policy. And that's mm-hmm. one thing that we do for all seniors when they call us is we do a complimentary review of their policy and let them know exactly what's in their benefit, uh, whether it covers care in the home, mm-hmm. if they have a home modification, some policies will allow you to do a pretty good size remodel to make sure that the home is safe. Uh-huh. It'll pay for monitoring equipment so that families from afar can know that your that your loved one is safe as well. Um, so yeah, there's lots of benefits. Important to read through them with an mm-hmm. expert that understands that and then can put together a plan so that you can have access to each of those benefits that you've been paying for over the years. Got it. And I have to say, you know, from speaking experience with uh, my husband, my, you know, my mother-in-law right now, I mean, she's, she has very good coverage and Mm -hmm. and policy and she's, you know, everything that she needs is getting taken care of. And I just, it's really something to think about for, um, for our parents and our grandparents and make sure that we're, you know, that we're prepared. Sure, sure. So are there any other resources that seniors should be aware of that can help pay for the cost of care 
for this long-term care insurance? Sure. Uh, only about 8 to 10% of seniors have actually purchased long-term care insurance. So those that wow. do have it... Um, Utilize it. You know, don't mm-hmm. wait too long. Don't wait till the point where you're completely incapacitated. And uh, uh, more times than not, people pass away without utilizing any of their benefits. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, if you own your home or if you have a lot of uh, of equity in your home, uh, reverse mortgage companies uh, will. There's yeah. you can take that asset, the, the money that's in your home, to help pay for care. And you're going to want to make sure you work with a a specialist that. Uh, that specializes in reverse mortgages. Uh, mm-hmm. Over the years, they've kind of gotten a bad reputation, but there's been a lot of revamping done to, with the remor- with the reverse mortgage plans. Um, VA, if you're a veteran, there's mm-hmm. aid and attendance benefits. Mm-hmm. Um, if you go to the VA, then you uh, then uh, there's a homebound program that that the VA will actually pay for care when you're in the home. So Got it. Um, there's lots of resources and we can help you by going, you know, sitting down and reviewing all the different options that are out there. So what are you really looking for in the agency that's representing that that policy for you? What are the differences from, from one to another? Well, you're going to want to make sure that most of these policies say that you have to be a home health care agency. In Washington State, you have two options. You can be a licensed in-home care agency mm-hmm. or you can be a licensed home health care agency. And uh, Amada, we're a, 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 we started out as an in-home care agency, but realized that some of these carriers were having some issues with that licensure. So we added the in-home health care agency. Um, licensure on that. So you want to make sure you have the right licensure, but also ask questions. How many policies have, uh, how many how many seniors with long-term care insurance have they provided care for? Mm-hmm. Do they do the billing? Do they handle all the paperwork? What will you do for us if the policy is denied? Uh, will you advocate for us? Will you file the appeals? Will you work with the insurance commissioner mm-hmm. uh, in the event that the claim goes south and you need to go that way? So important things to determine before picking that agency that's going to uh, represent you. So I've got to take us to commercial here in just a minute. So a final takeaway for my listeners, uh, Robert, what would that be? You know, if you have long-term care insurance, don't wait too long to access it. Give us a call. We can help you understand when to use your benefits and how much benefits you have. Perfect. Thank you so much for coming back in studio. You bet, Tina. Coming up next in the money are, it's a crazy, crazy real estate market. It's critical to work with a skilled negotiator and picking the right one that's going to have the highest level of knowledge what to do in this market, the highest skill. It's going to take some questions to figure that out. That's why I've invited in Dan Edwards with the Eastside Real Estate Team right here at 1150 AM KKNW after this short break. Unexpected reactions to smart financial decisions brought to you by FeedThePig.org. Well, I finally did it. I opened a 401k. So you're giving up. Just like that. Giving up on what? On getting an inheritance from a distant relative. Don't you think if there were a billionaire in the family, we'd know about it by now? Listen to me. We are one phone call away from riding horses on our own private polo grounds. One call from christening yachts, having a butler using summer as a verb. How do you figure? Look, everyone's got a rich uncle somewhere. It's statistics. So the best thing you can do is just prepare for the inevitable. Right. Which is why I thought maybe it would be smart to take control of my finances. You know, start using a budget, get out of debt, set some retirement goals. Budgets? Debt? You watch your mouth. Retirement shouldn't be a goal for us. It should be a way of life. When it comes to financial stability, don't get left behind. Get tools and tips for saving at feedthepig.org. This message brought to you by the American Institute of CPAs and the Ad Council. When I was little, I didn't talk for a long time. I liked things to always be the same. Anything new or different would scare and upset me. 
I was very sensitive to lights and sounds. It was almost like I had bigger eyes and ears than everyone else. So I built secret hiding places where nothing could get in. I didn't like looking people in the eye. It made me feel uncomfortable. I'd throw big tantrums over little things like when my socks didn't match. Sometimes I'd do the same things over and over. Until one day, I found out I had autism. My family got me help. Slowly, I learned how to live with it better. You can see signs of autism in children as young as 18 months. Early intervention can make a lifetime of difference. Learn the signs at autismspeaks.org slash signs. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. Are you tired of living in an apartment? Does your rent just keep going up and up? Did you know that homeowners' net worth is over 36 times greater than renters? With low interest rates, buying a home today is more affordable than ever. Meet with the experts on the Eastside Real Estate Team. They'll help you determine if you should buy a home or keep on paying the landlord. The Eastside Real Estate Team uses a team approach to help you buy a home on the east side. Don't just take their word for it. The Eastside Real Estate Team is a six-time award winner of the Five Star and Customer Service Award in Seattle Magazine. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell. Sponsored by Absolute Mortgage, a division of Pinnacle Capital Mortgage Corporation. Now, in the studio, local mortgage and finance expert, Tina Mitchell. Welcome back to The Money Hour with your host and mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell, right here at 1150 AM, KKNW, the Saturday, May 7th show. Each week, I share expert advice and inside knowledge on how today's events in our local economy can affect your money. If you're hearing my show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast. You can talk with the guests I have in studio, or if you have any questions for me as your host, you can call 1-855-411-50. Again, that's 1-855-411-50 or online at themoneyhour.com. Right now in studio, I've got Dan Edwards with the Eastside Real Estate Team. And we're going to talk about how to choose a real estate agent and in choosing any other profession as well. There are a list of important questions that you need to ask to make sure that you're getting an expert uh, expert in the industry and in the field. So, Dan, thank you so much for coming back in studio. Yeah, Tina, it's great to, to great to be here. Thanks for having me. Of course. So a little bit about Dan. Dan entered real estate in March of 2006. His background in sales, business, and technology has enabled him to be more efficient with real estate professional. And he loves real estate and people. It was only natural that he join the two, putting them together, his vision to ensure the process of buying, selling, or investing in real estate, making a positive one. He believes in leveraging the power of strengths. The Eastside Real Estate Team mission is to be a professionally quality team with the vision to build and strengthen the community by guiding their clients through the process of buying, selling, or investing in real estate on the east side. As team leader, Dan is dedicated to helping empower his team members to achieve their mission. In addition, he works with buyers and sellers to negotiate a strong position to purchase their home. As a certified negotiating expert, Dan seeks to leverage his skills into the best possible negotiating position for his clients. Investing in the real in real estate is why Dan started his career in real estate and helping investors identify their needs. Return on investment and investing strategies is a passion of Dan's as well. Dan looks forward to getting to know 
you, my listeners, and uh, all about what your needs and wants are. So uh, again, with the hot real estate market, Dan, there comes a flood of new agents joining in, in the ranks, and this is not a bad thing. However, if they don't have a plan and the right experience, it can cost the homeowner, cost them a lot of money. And really finding out um, uh, the level of experience, and especially in today's market, because their uh, lack of inventory, homes are increasing so quickly, buyers really have to be prepared in moving forward and negotiating. It's really important. So I was so excited when you uh, shared with me the 10 questions that need to be asked. So I want to go through those uh, with our listeners today and get a little uh, behind the scenes why. So the first question you said, when you're interviewing a real estate agent, are they full-time in doing this job? Can you explain to my listeners, Dan, why that's important? Yeah, and before I do, Tina, Tina let me just uh, mention that uh, I think that, that one of the best things that you can do, one of the best jobs in the world is real estate. Mm-hmm. And so I want to hand it you know, to the individuals out there that are just getting started in the business and also say right off the bat that that does not disqualify them for being an exceptional agent to help you buy or sell or invest in real estate. Got so it. I want to put that out there. But with regards to this question, you know, the the most important investment that you have is your home. Mm-hmm. And when, when you're considering putting that on the market or if you're considering buying your first home, it's important to have somebody that's dedicated to that success and dedicated to the success so that they are 100% focused as much time as possible, I can honestly yeah. say I'm not spending a hundred, you know, twenty four seven helping my clients nonstop. Of course, sure. I, I sleep at night and those kinds of things. But you want to make sure that they're taking it as seriously as you would. Exactly. And if uh, a part time, if they're part time agent. It could mean that they're not succeeding enough to be able to provide financially for their family, and so they don't have that time that they can actually commit like you uh, like you had said. Yeah, it can be a challenge. So second question, uh, when interviewing brokers to work with, how many sales have you handled in a targeted neighborhood, and what is the market like? So how should they answer this question, Dan? Yeah, that and that's a really important question for you to mm-hmm. ask when you're talking to a, a broker. And there's actually two sides to that, and I'm going to present that today, is in one case, you want somebody that can really know your market, right? Because when yeah. it comes time to buying in that area, you want to make sure that they're advising you properly on price, uh, market times, uh, the value, the future values, where the neighborhood's going, what the schools are doing. If you have somebody that's really from outside that area, it's not difficult for them to get up to speed quickly. Yes. And so if you're asking them that question, it's important to, to, to test. Is Have they done their research? Mm-hmm. Do they know what they're talking about? My business takes me as far north as Bothell, as far south as Covington, Kent, uh, Maple Valley, as far east as North Bend. So okay. I can't put myself as the uh, neighborhood expert in one tiny little quarter mile area. Sure. Okay. But- I know exactly what's going on in all of those areas, in all of those cities, because I study them. So it's important that when you ask that question of it as an agent, you're finding out how prepared they are. Makes total sense. So what about the third question being, Has have they ever had a, a complaint filed against them? And again, going through these questions is really important because I don't think that there's any buyer or seller that would necessarily think to even ask this question. And it's an important question. Yeah. And, and put it in this perspective as, of an interview. Exactly. If you're interviewing an applicant for a job, you're going to do a background check. Yes. And one of the and now a credit check. And now a credit. Wow. (laughs) A lot of times they're doing credit checks for hiring. Yeah, a lot of times. Yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. So the it's a key at you know I mean obviously if somebody is out there just kind of 
doing things that are on the edge, um, chances are they're going to get caught. Yes. And you certainly want to know that up front, uh, the, the level of ethics of the individual you're working with. And I love the, the level of ethics because it's so important as well, uh, Dan, as you know, from behind the scenes, when you're interacting with the other realtors that are representing those sellers, if you're working with a buyer or vice versa, I mean, that, that ethics and that reputation that you have within the real estate community yeah. um, can make or break that offer coming together. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, Dan, what about another question that you have? The next one is, how many sellers are you representing right now? So why is that question important and how they, should they be answering that? Sure. Um, again, this is a gauge of, you know, what is it that they do? Uh-huh. If you're hiring somebody to sell your house and they they are not working with any sellers or haven't mm-hmm. worked with any sellers, mm-hmm. it may not be the best agent for you. It may be a great agent for helping somebody buy a house. Yes. Right? Now, again, it's about proficiency and ability. Mm-hmm. So when push comes to shove, uh, the answers to that questions, it, it comes down to if you're working with 50 bu- sellers, uh-huh. they may not have the time and attention that you require. Yes. Yep. So it doesn't matter if it's two, it doesn't matter if it's zero, but at least having the answer to that question can help you decide. Is this the right agent for me? Exactly. And there are agents that focus just on sellers, or there's agents that put all their focus or most of their focus on buyers, and there's other ones that do both like mm-hmm. you do. So mm-hmm. having so knowing that right up front yep. um, is going to be important. So uh, what about the next question you have is, what are your fees, and are they negotiable? So let's, let's talk about this one. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Um, essentially, at the end of the day, we live in a fantastic capitalist society. So mm-hmm. people can decide how much they want to charge for their service. And you, as a as a individual that's looking to hire somebody, can decide how much you want to pay for them. Um, if they're um, if they if the fees are negotiable, that's something that yeah, I I probably get asked that all the time, and I say uh-huh. yeah, sure, certainly, I'd be happy to charge you more. But yes. <laughs> in the reality, you ha- the agent has to be able to defend with a plan mm-hmm. what they're getting paid. Yeah. And I think I've uh, understanding the cost associated to what um, is is taking place in that real estate transaction is is important to understand, and also what the the actual uh, broker is taking from that. So a lot of times the buyer and seller don't understand. Well, that and there's, Tina, sorry to interrupt you, but oh, if, no. if I can even say, I can't tell you how many times that I've sat across the table with a couple who have entered mm-hmm. an, another agent. And that other agent did not even present what the costs were that yes. were associated with the transaction as a whole. Wow. So not just my fee, but yes. the entire, like, what am I going to end up with? Yes. And, um, you know, it's an important thing to know, right? Yep. How much you're going to net at the end of the day. And actually, that's the most important question. Really. Exactly. So what about marketing for a seller? I would think it would be an important question, as you have on your list, to mm-hmm. ask what kind of marketing are they going to do for that home? Yeah, any, any fantastic broker is going to know uh, exactly the second they sit down what they would do to market that home. And it's really important for you as, as the um, essentially the boss are comfortable with how they're going to present your home to the public. Yes. Um, so, I mean, it, it's, it, it's an easy question to answer. What are you going to do to market my home? Yep. And uh, it should be in writing. If it's not in writing, it may be a little ambiguous. You may have heard that they're going to do X, Y, and Z. And, uh-huh. and then you're disappointed to find out they only did X and Y. And what happened to Z? And they, you know, if it's not in writing, it doesn't get done. So explain, Dan, for one of my listeners may be thinking, is marketing really that big of a deal um, right now with the lack of inventory? Can you explain why it is such a big deal to still have a high level of marketing on every home that's in a, any market? Yeah, that's a great question and one that, you know, um, as we saw this market emerge, it's kind of like, hey, this is easy. Uh-huh. We can put a sign in the yard, put a lockbox on, uh-huh. and then someone's going to show up and buy it. 
that's great. That'll sell a home. Yes. No doubt in this market. In, in less of a market, it won't. But is it going to get you the highest amount of possible eyeballs on that home? Yes. And so my philosophy is I go after um, every obstacle that could be in the way for any potential buyer. What is it that may keep me from writing an offer on this property? Okay. And so we take that approach is we want to make sure it gets out to the internet, mm-hmm. as many syndicated websites as we possibly can. And okay. we have the largest, Keller Williams has the largest syndication out there. Um, prepping with staging. I know you're going to have a yep, stager talk a, stager. a little later. Mm-hmm. That's a must. Yes. Even in this market, it's yes. a must for us. And we have before and after evidence photos on our website that would be happy to share where we had a house off the market. There was no staging. Great uh-huh. pictures. Same photographer came out with staging afterwards, and it sold in five days. So, you know, there, there's an absolute must when it comes to uh, the marketing. There are a lot of things that you got to do to maximize that. Got it. Okay, so Dan, seven. The seventh question that you say that you must ask when interviewing a, a broker, uh, names and phone numbers of clients that they've yeah. already served in the past. Absolutely. I, yeah. You know what's funny, though? They rarely call them. Yeah. I don't. I don't understand. I've got a great it's list crazy. of past happy clients, and I put that in front of, of folks, and I'll, I'll follow up, and they're like, "Yeah, no, we never heard from them." Wow. But the important part is do it. Mm-hmm. Follow up. Find yes. out. Find out how the experience was. That's very yeah. important. Well, just here, you used an example earlier with the job interview. I mean, when you're going for employment, they're going to call your recommendations yeah. of your performance. So, I mean, this is a huge purchase. You want to make sure that you are uh, finding out the experience from other clients. So, eighth question down that you say how will you communicate and how often during the process? In my opinion, it's the number one problem. Mm-hmm. The number one frustration that, that our clients have uh, is, our, you know, the level of communication is it, with our system, we're calling every day, uh-huh. every day, every day before it's listed, during it's listed, after it's listed until it's closed. Yes. Um, and it may just be an update with, hey, I uh, just want to let you know, nothing new has changed today. But if, if you're if there's the broker out there that maybe is working 50, 30, 40 listings, do they have enough time to communicate with you with the level that you expect? Got so it. asking that question, it could be, yeah, we call you once a week. If that, if you're okay with that, great. Yes. But if you want to know every step of the way, I want to call in the afternoon and afternoon and in the morning, you know, they, they need to know that and you need to ask that question. And having that commitment, like you say, up front. Mm-hmm. So I want to hit number nine and number 10 right now, Dan. So number nine, to ask them, why would I hire you mm-hmm. over your competitor? And the 10th question is, what haven't I asked that I should know? So these are two questions, me as a buyer or seller yeah. asking you in an interview. So explain those. Um, you know, essentially defining it against the competition is important. Yes. You want to know what, what difference they are from, from every, I mean, there's a lot of real estate agents and many getting in the market every day. Mm-hmm. And then finally, the 10th question again was. Uh, what if, so I'm asking, oh, what, wasn't what, what, is, what wasn't asked that I should know? Why yeah. is that an important question? Well, I think you're going to really find out the level of expertise because okay. there will be some items that, that didn't come up and really it leaves it open for for questions uh, with regards to what else do I need to do to get ready to sell. Yes. Dan, so. thank you so much. I mean, these are great questions that you guys should know. Um, when interviewing a, a real estate broker, to make sure you're working with uh, an expert, somebody that knows the market. And uh, Dan, you're definitely one of the leading ones in our uh, arena. And I appreciate you coming in and sharing your wealth of information with me. Again, Tina, thanks for having me. Coming up next in the Money Hour, why staging your home is so important before putting your home on the market. Do you want to get top dollar? 
when you sell your home, staging's going to help you do that. Tori Toth with Tori Toth International right here at 1150 AM KKNW after the short break. Have you heard about how housing prices are on the rise on the east side? Curious about what your home is worth? Whether you're just curious or looking to sell, the Eastside Real Estate Team can provide you with a comprehensive market analysis to help you determine the value of your home. Six-time winner of the Five Star and Customer Satisfaction Award as seen in Seattle Magazine. Just hear what their past clients have to say about them. Tom from Sammamish says, We received a full price offer after only nine days on the market. They're a great team, and I recommend them without hesitation. Hi, I'm Minnie Driver, and I'm here to share some important information about ovarian cancer. Although it's more common in older women, ovarian cancer can affect women of all ages, even in their 20s. There is no early detection test, and symptoms can be subtle. But even though you can't see it, you can take steps to get ahead of it by knowing your risk factors, such as family history of cancer and presence of gene mutations like BRCA. So talk to your family and talk to your doctor. Knowing this information will help you take control of your health and be more aware of the vague signs that could indicate ovarian cancer. We're learning more every day, and we will continue our collaborative research for diagnosing and treating this devastating disease. Be proactive. Know your risk factors, and the sooner the better. Just because you can't see ovarian cancer doesn't mean it's not there. To learn more about the symptoms, risk factors, and research, go to su2c.org ovarian. You don't need to get a second job as a stuntman to save money. We need a new stuntman! You just need feedthepig.org. Don't get left behind. Get tips and tools at feedthepig.org. Brought to you by the American Institute of CPAs and the Ad Council. The 1,200,000 women and men of Rotary have accomplished extraordinary things. They've taught millions of people to read, worked toward world peace, and have nearly eradicated a crippling childhood disease from the face of the planet. But each of those 1,200,000 women and men know they could accomplish so much more if only they were 1,200,000 and one. Find out what an impact one person can make. Learn about Rotary at rotary.org. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell. Sponsored by Absolute Mortgage, a division of Pinnacle Capital Mortgage Corporation. Now, in the studio, local mortgage and finance expert, Tina Mitchell. Well, welcome back to The Money Hour with your host and mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell, right here at 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, May 7th show. I'm dedicated to my listeners, providing you with the tools needed to make informed decisions on matters that affect your money. If you're hearing my show at a different time or day, you are listening to rebroadcast. You can call the show at 1-855-411-50 or go online to themoneyhour.com. Uh, discuss anything regarding money uh, with myself, your host, or speak with the guest again that I'm uh, talking with today. Normally, my guest are all in studio, but I'm actually on a phone call with Tori as she is out of the Seattle uh, market. Tori, thank you so much for uh, joining me today. Hi, thanks for having me. 
So Tori is an award-winning stager who opened her New York City-based home staging company, Stylish Stagers, in 2009. She has prepared hundreds of homes to sell up to 78% faster on the market. She creates, creates weekly how-to home stage videos on YouTube that's had uh, watched nearly 350,000 times. Tori is best-selling author of Feel at Home, Home Staging Secrets for Quick and Easy Sell, a new book released earlier this month and has created a new online video course called The Stage to Sell Strategy for Help Sellers Prepare the Prepare Their Home for Sale. Again, uh, Tori, thanks for uh, joining me, not in studio, but a phone conversation that we're going to have here. So thank you. Yes, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. So why should real estate agents consider home staging when representing a home? So home staging instantly adds value to a listing, and it helps generate interest with amazing photos and amazing, you know, images in that room. And it really, it helps uh, prevent price reductions. And having a stager on your team can help an agent actually avoid those awkward conversations about, like, the presence of the home and and uh, with sellers. So, um you know, it can also build the agent's brand, too, mm-hmm. um, by staging and taking pride, you know, in your marketing tactics. As an agent, you're going to really show how passionate and competent you are about uh, your business and how much you really care about um, the homes that you're trying to sell. So, Toria, what about, um, indiv- you know, each individual home? How do you know which ones need staging? Should they all have staging? I mean, I really believe that all homes could benefit from mm-hmm. staging. Um, residential, new construction, condos, townhouses, vacant homes especially. But uh, really, like, every home needs just some TLC before showing it off, you know. Um, Of course, you know, some homes may need more staging than others, but all homes should be staged. And, you know, even those little tweaks, once Mm -hmm. you add them all up, it can really make a big difference in the space. Well, and the TLC uh, that you've talked about, it's it's also the the experience with that in what is going to be touching the emotions of the consumer, and that takes expertise in the arena of staging, correct? Yes. Yes, it does. So let's sure. talk about the um, uh, staging and, and how it works. So staging helps, um, you know, show the home in its best light. Mm-hmm. And it's just like detailing a car before you're going to sell it. You know, it makes your home look more expensive and shows buyers that you take excellent care of your home, which makes the buyers then relax a little bit and feel like they can move right in. Um, You know, buyers usually want to do as little as possible before moving in. Mm -hmm. So staging, it justifies the price to them, um, and it shows buyers that they can act, you know, what they can actually do with the space because really only 10% of people can envision the potential of a home. So that's why staging is so important because we really have to show them what every specific area in the home is, you know, what the purpose is, what the function is. Um, So really the rest of the people, they're not going to be able to see what's behind uh, the dirt and the clutter. Sure. That's why it's important to keep it clean and decluttered as well. Yeah, and in the introduction, I mean, I like to look at home staging is it's looking bigger, brighter, and better. And that's really what the home staging process is all about. So what about uh, all of the rooms in the home? Should each individual room be staged? Is that important? 
You know, it, w- it would be a nice touch if every room was staged, but um, obviously a lot of people, a lot of homeowners, they're budget conscious, mm-hmm. and you're usually trying to sell your home to make some money. So you should stage the key rooms, which includes those common areas like the entryway, the living and dining room, mm-hmm. um, kitchen, family room. Uh, and then you also want to stage the master bedroom and make it look like a retreat. And that's going to help you keep the cost down for the staging, and it will actually make a bigger impression on the buyers if you just focus on those common areas and then um, the master bedroom as well. Because at the end of the day, the person buying the house wants to know that they can go retreat to a place and just kind of leave the world behind. So of that's course. important to stage those master bedrooms. And again, it's touching in those that emotional, uh, the emotional level with those buyers. So it, it really... Um, uh, does that with with the staging process? So, what's the biggest mistake sellers make in putting their home on the market? Oh my God, there's so many mistakes sellers make sometimes. Um, I think choosing the wrong paint color is definitely a common issue. Uh-huh. Um, many times, people are going to have to paint over that bright red wall in the dining room and stuff like that just to make it um, a little bit less personal. Also having personal belongings and mm-hmm. and preferences scattered around the home really can turn off buyers because it just it doesn't feel like it's theirs. It feels like they're, you know, entering this just house that doesn't really relate to them. That sure. have that emotional connection that you were talking about. Um, also selling your house as is, I think really leaves money on the table when it comes to sellers and it tells buyers that you really just don't care. Yeah. Um Dirty homes, you know, that's huge, huge mistake. And overlooking pet presence is another big one, too. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to remove the evidence of your pet when you're showing because most households, you know, they don't really have pets. And that can deter, you know, deter a buyer from making an offer. So really, those are the biggest mistakes actually could be the smallest things that you think are not important when the reality all of those small things bring in the big effect that your home is going to have on that potential consumer. So what deal should it what details should a home seller work on to prepare their home for sale? Um, you know, I think home sellers should look at the condition of their home and consider, you know, making small repairs to their space, whether it be the painting, you know, updating those old worn out light fixtures, mm-hmm. even switch plates. You know, those can make a big difference. Um, Knobs, you know, knobs on your kitchen cabinets, faucets that are old and outworn, you know, worn out. Mm -hmm. It costs nothing to clean or to organize the stuff that you have in your home or to even rearrange your furniture or get rid of some of the stuff. Um, And you want to do that. Like, you you want to rearrange your furniture and the accessories. You're maximizing your square footage. Mm -hmm. As we all know, buyers are obviously buying square footage, not stuff. Yeah, so having um, those right right items that that make the home show the best and with the biggest, uh, the the biggest, making it the rooms look as big as they can. Yeah, I mean, the the whole point is that, like you had touched upon, we want to make it look light and spacious. Mm -hmm. Those are the tasks that... um, you know, sellers really need to focus on. So we've talked about emotional level for the buyer. So how can you really connect on an emotional level with that buyer in the spirit of staging? So, you know, emotions, as we talked about, that's, it, that's what drives the sale because the decision 
will affect the buyer's family, their lifestyle, and, you know, even their reputation. Mm-hmm. So when a home seller depersonalizes the house and, also, you know, ultimately thinks as a buyer would to instill moments in time that connect to the buyer's lifestyle, like mm-hmm. where could they have that cup of coffee, where could they play that board game with their child, that really increases the chances of a buyer getting emotionally attached and truly believing that the house was made for them. Yes, and that's a, that is an awesome idea. It's just really thinking about what can you put in that space to get them to envision and imagine um, what they can be doing in those areas of the home. What other tips or tricks do you have as a successful professional stager that you can sell with share with my sellers? I think one of the biggest tips Um, that I usually share with sellers is that they need to get out of their own way. Mm -hmm. You know, um, your home, it's a product, and it must be merchandised and marketed properly. Um, You wouldn't go to the store and just buy an item that is chipped or broken and expect to pay full price. Yeah. And, you know, neither is a home buyer. Mm -hmm. So take the time prior to your listing, you know, prior to to you listing it and... um, you know, go through the home as a buyer would and make a list room by room of everything that's an eyesore, that's cluttered, that's dirty or broken, and start making those necessary changes. And, you know, it's extremely important to have the product worthy of your price tag Yeah, if, so, you're, if you're looking to get the most amount of money. Of course. Tori, what about the cost for staging? There are so many factors mm-hmm. that influence the pricing of staging, such as the location of the home, um, the age of the home. Maybe you have a lot more minor repairs that you need to do if you, if you haven't maintained your home in decades. Um, the floor plan, if, if the quality or the quantity of furniture and accessories that you might need if, if you're bringing stuff in for a vacant space. So I recommend budgeting about 1% or even a half of 1% of the sales price to pay for staging. Okay. Um, our company actually has a budget-friendly option for sellers by offering, you know, the world's first online home staging video course Mm -hmm. that teaches them how to prepare their own homes for sale. And really, it's a fraction of the traditional cost of home staging, and it really helps empower the seller. Got it. So I've got to wrap up the show here in a minute, uh, Tori, but um, you created the Stage 2 Sell Strategy. Why did you decide to do that? This course, you know, was created and based off of our best-selling book, Feel at Home, Home Mm Teaching Secrets for a Quick and Easy Sell. And until now, sellers really had to research and collect information from around the web to get what they needed to learn how to prepare their home for sale. Mm -hmm. And this course has put all of that information into digestible, bite-sized sections in a specific order that teaches them exactly what they need to do to get their home show ready. And I wanted to show, you know, show sellers how easy it is to live in a staged home while selling and beyond, and it really helps your overall quality of life at home. Wonderful. Um, yeah, so it's, it's a nine-module course. Um, each module has a few lessons inside of it, which mm-hmm. sh- you know has a short video, a worksheet, presentation slides, a transcript, and even an MP3 so you can take the information on, a, on the go with you. Um, and then... They really, we hold them accountable, but we do it in an online format. You know, they can ask us questions. Um, We have a private community where they can uh, communicate with other people kind of going through the same situation they're going through right now. Mm -hmm. And it really just helps, again, hold them accountable, 
and it motivates them to actually do the work. Sounds like a great resource, uh, Tori. Tori, thank you so much for uh, chatting with me today and uh, sharing with my listeners. I appreciate your time. Yes, thank you so much for having me, Tina. And this is your host and mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell, signing off for the day. Enjoy the rest of your Saturday, and I look forward to uh, talking more money with you next Saturday right here on 1150 AM KKNW. The preceding program is paid for by Absolute Mortgage, a division of Finance of America Mortgage, LLC, Equal Housing Lender, NMLS 1071, AZBK 0910184. Tina Mitchell, MLO 145420, is a licensed loan originator with Absolute Mortgage. Visit absoluteloans.com or call 888-90-HOMES for cost information.